This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Opportunities for improvement, as we call it in corporate America. Everyone, my name is Jen. My name's Abby. And this is Amuse Bouge Home Edition. Home Edition. So if you hear any background noise, uh, my house is just full of dogs right now. <laughs> I have a new addition to the family, my yeah. godson, Sheldon. Oh, he is too freaking cute, like a teddy bear come to life or like a sentient mop. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's currently trying to convince uh, Georgia to play with him. Yeah. And so if you hear little squeaks in the background, that is puppies doing puppy things. My tiny corgi dog is in the crate, I think, napping happily. Thank goodness, because she, she is down a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there we go. As expected. Awesome. Anyway, we've got some cool stuff to get to today. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, we finally got to experience the magic, the wonder that is Biblio. Biblio. Um, we were fortunate to go with our friends Colleen and Flavia. Uh-huh. It was top to bottom a fantastic evening. And I think of note, you know, they the day that we went, it was the the first day that they added an a la carte menu. That's right. Originally, there was no menu. It was just you. the The whole idea is it's a reverse engineered wine pairing experience. So instead of having a dish that you add wine to, um, you choose wine, and then the dishes are created to go with the exactly. experience. Yeah. So. I mean, it it really exceeded our expectations. I know we had high hopes for it because this is, again, um, through the same folks who run Counter. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's Chef Sam Hart and and their team there. Um, And they're actually in their brand new location. Both restaurants share a hallway. So Mm -hmm. you come to the same place. Um, And it really helps, I think, connect that relationship between the two and continue to to hold that expectation that this is going to be good food no matter where you go with this team involved. And boy, Absolutely. boy, it was. <laughs> um, so we had three different wines and four dishes. Yeah. Um, we had Plus we, dessert. Plus dessert. We started with some bubbly because... Celebrate. Why not? I think we all had sort of a... It was a Wednesday, so we had to celebrate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it also felt like it, it had been already a long week, so I think all of us were ready for that. Uh, that week was the longest month of my life. It really was. Um... And then we went and decided to do one white wine and one red wine to sort of see the differences in the food pairings. And the way that worked is we started with the white wine, which was a Santanay, mm-hmm. which we've enjoyed before. I believe that was the wine that Chef Sam brought into the studio yes. for us to enjoy during and, his episode. And as you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a little bit hesitant on, on wine, so I felt really comfortable with this wine. I knew it was one that I liked. It's also kind of a surprising wine. Everyone else at the table who knows me was like, I can't believe you like yeah. this wine. It's it's relatively off dry for um, for you. Right. Well, the Moscato that we had to start was very much yeah. what we're used to me enjoying. So this was well to the opposite side of the spectrum. We started sweet. We went to a, a nice middle ground white that had still a lot of character and it uh, it was paired with the first dish, a uh, a salmon. Oh my gosh, with a, a raw salmon dish. Oh my god! It was god. like we would say it's like a tiradito kind of situation. Yeah, almost what you would get at Yunta if you haven't been there, which we still have to take you to. So raw salmon mm-hmm. in a citrus um, type of sauce that we could have we did drink. We, we drank did, it yeah, off of it the was plate. Incredible! It was so good. These and little like um, 
what were they? The crunchy things on top. It was like a sesame, sesame twil- uh, yeah, twil- twil- or yeah. Like it was incredible. And then there were little pieces of jalapeno on there that were not there for spice. I it mean, was- actually, it was whole slices, yeah. but they t- they took the seeds out, so it wasn't super hot. I was worried initially that that would overpower the dish, but the balance was just really, really nice. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So a great start there. And then the second dish was was that the shrimp one? It was the shrimp. So cool, this cool. is beautiful grilled. Big, healthy-looking prawns. Hell yeah. Yeah, and it was – this kind of blew my mind because yeah. we had a quinoa risotto, yeah. which I'd never had quinoa made in that kind of way, and it was such a rich broth in there, and it really it was, was nice. flavorful. And it, it added – there was also, I think, a like a chimichurri on, on the top yeah. of it. And just the flavor combos, the char on the shrimp, it added it, – it balanced the wine really well. Yes. It um, transformed. Again, this is the part that I think is so cool about Biblio is that – Immediately on the first taste of this wine, it's, you know, one way. And then with the first dish, it transformed. And then with the second dish, it transformed again. Yeah. The different notes in the flavors that you're getting from the food really does change how the wine is. Sheldon is trying to convince Georgia to play. There's uh, a cat here too now. It's so a whole just, thing. There's guys. a zoo. Deal with it. <laughs> um, but so those were the, the dishes that paired with the whites. And then... Um, we ended up switching to a Sicilian red. And I really liked this. It was really nice. And it, it I can't remember exactly what the terminology was that the sommelier told us, um, but it adds an element of like raisining to yeah. the grapes. So it's got a nice sort of like caramel sweetness on the back end without it punching you in the teeth. Yeah. But I think it zaps a little bit of the, the dryness while still adding a lot of, I mean, it's a full-bodied wine, yeah. so for, for that to make it a little bit more accessible for folks who don't like to mm-hmm. feel like they're rubbing a stick of deodorant yeah. on their That's tongue. That's me. Um, and well, then what were the dishes Well, we let me tell you. One? So this is what was so interesting about the red, is that we drank the red just to start, and it tasted really good for me. It really wasn't dry. It What we had said was it kind of dropped off a cliff, though. It didn't finish. Yeah. It didn't have a long finish. It the also way that probably could have used some time to breathe, Very which fair. maybe would have opened it up a little bit more. But, but I'm, I love a long finish. And Well, the food this, transformed this for did, us, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it really did change it. So our first dish with the red uh, was this squid uh, ink uh, pasta with a a braised, uh, braised short, short rib, rib like ragu situation oh, and i'm still thinking about i know it. and on top of that again this kind of blew my mind mm-hmm. too uh there was a shredded cheese like you would expect a pasta with a parmesan yeah. a grana like padano no it was manchego, manchego. Yeah. super cool combination this was a a handmade fresh pasta and oh, you yeah. could taste that in the texture the chew was perfect you it know was, what you could tell too tell me. the pasta water was like the sea Oh, yeah. Because the, the pasta itself had so much flavor. So much. You don't need a mountain of sauce on pasta like yeah. that because it already has some flavor yeah, there. Yeah, it, it can stand alone. I could have eaten that with a little drizzle of olive oil and I would have been oh. happy, but the combination was incredible. Yeah. And that extended the length of the finish of the wine. It did, absolutely. So that was different. It also dried it out for me, which I did not mm-hmm. expect. So that yep. was interesting and different and still drinkable for And me. everybody had a little bit of a different experience yeah. with it too, you know. And I think it depended on, especially with the white wine, you know, when your glass was last refreshed, the temperature of it changed it a bit for us as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the pasta dish was definitely my favorite. And then uh, the final dish oh, was... Oh boy, this was, a, this was a dish for Abby and Jen for sure. This it almost is... felt intentional, I but I know that uh, we're not that popular. No, so not yet. 
Um, this was a, I don't remember the cut well, of the, it was, the it steak. Was, yeah, but it was steak and it was cut into medallions for yes. us. And it was beautiful. It was lovely. Medium rare. Perfect steak. Um, um, and of course they thought, you know what? This wouldn't be a dish for Jen and Abby if we didn't add beets and mushrooms. So, oh, so, all together. <laughs> so already. Was it chanterelle? No, mush- it was maitake. Maitake. Which I actually like. So maitake, hen of the woods, is one of the very few yeah. that I really enjoy. And it had a nice char on it as yep, well. So yep. the texture was good. The flavor was good. Yeah, well done. There was a nice jus under the steak. And uh-huh. then there was a beet puree, just a bunch of beets and, and then, some beet puree. Yeah, exactly. Beet puree, beets that were like chopped up and then roasted. Some of them were potatoes, some so were, that was a fun game of roulette. It um, was really a beautiful dish. Let's not let's not. It was you know, Throw shade on that. Uh, it was but it gorgeous. Was, it was mostly just beets. full of irony. <laughs> but it was a, a blind tasting um, combination thing for us. You loved the steak and the mushrooms. I did. I, I loved did. all of the other parts of it. Mm-hmm. I liked the beets. I liked the puree. I liked the steak. Mm-hmm. I had a bite of the mushroom. Good for you. So I did it. I did try an entire beet. I, yeah, I you did. I was really proud. I beet in my proud. mouth and I swallowed it. Hold on. For the visual, though, an entire beet is a little excessive. It was a well, I mean, it quarter was like, of a, it was a diced piece of as beet. As it appeared on the plate. Correct. Though. It's not like I took a little nibble of it and put it back. I, it wasn't I like you picked it like an apple and took a bite out exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I committed to it and yep. I muscled through. And, and I'm really proud of you. Thank you. You still uh, weren't super into it, but I appreciated that. The you flavor tried. at the very beginning was okay for me, and it's really just like the journey that it takes in my mouth that I don't appreciate. It's uh-huh. like it's digging me into the ground. Um, but, but still, still really good. Uh, dessert came dessert, next. and so we had three options, and we ended up as the table splitting it two ways. So there yeah. was a Basque cheesecake uh, that two had. You had that, yeah. It and had a, a meringue on top with some berries, yep. and it was just really well balanced, yep. almost like a ricotta cheesecake. Yeah, it wasn't super creamy. It almost had a little bit of, of grit to it. Yeah, and um, there was a lightness and airiness to it. it. Yeah, it yeah. was really nice. That was really good. And then um, Colleen and I, Chocoholics, went with yep. the chocolate pot of creme. Mm-hmm. Which which also had that same meringue and some fresh berries, which was just the smoothest pot of creme. It was yeah. the flavor was perfect. It was so rich, decadent. Loved it. It yeah. was outstanding. I had a great time with that, and I just wanted to be alone with it. And we got to say hello to Chef Sam. Yes, our server slash sommelier, Jamie. Jamie was fantastic. Uh, really good at educating us on everything oh, yeah. and the, coaching us through. We we opted for the blind, which you can mm-hmm. still do. So as we mentioned, there is a menu now that you can choose from for a typical kind of dining experience where yeah. you want a little more control, but they still have the ability to do the blind where they make those recommendations and dishes on your wine choices. Mm-hmm. So, and you can get some, some of the wines by the glass. Yeah. So that was a, a question that we had going in is – you know, if, if we end up splitting a couple of bottles between the four of us, if somebody wants to try something else, you know, is that available? And yes, it is. Yeah. Um, we ended up just getting a third. Yeah, why not? <laughs> we were having a great time. Um, also of interest, the restroom's well-stocked with so some fun good. stuff. We won't spoiler alert it. Um, but I did come back to the table twice to inform others they needed to go visit the bathroom. Yeah, and that was useful because then I did, and it was a nice surprise after yeah. that. So They anyway, thought of everything. They really we'll did. Put it that way. Um, there was also a... a a painter that An was artist. there, like uh, doing a residency. I think yeah. Sam said something about that. So her artwork is going to be for sale, uh, and she is currently painting um, a piece that's going to go with one of the menus, I believe, at yeah. counter. Yeah. So um, definitely just a a really thorough and thoughtful experience at both of those places. If you haven't been, please check it out. Uh, I believe street food is going through May. Yep. And then uh, they also have a dessert only just dessert coming, coming up coming soon. So 
um, I don't think there's a bad experience to be had in that little section of the world. No, if you go to Biblia, if you go to Counter, you're going to be impressed every time. You're going to have stories to bring home and you're going to continue to dream about some of the food. Like we still talk about this pasta. Still thinking about it right now. So good. Oh man. Anyway. Can't wait to go back. Yeah. There's a foie gras on the, uh. There's the quite a few things menu that on I that. really need. So. Yeah, we need to go back and get some stuff off that menu. Fantastic. Right. More to come. Woo! Cheers to uh, Chef Sam and the team for doing a bang up job. Absolutely. Yay! Yay! Uh, speaking of bang up jobs, yeah, we have some really cool events coming up. Um, is this weekend? Yeah, even. this weekend. So um, this episode is airing on Monday, and this Saturday is the Charlotte Wine and Food Week Grand Tasting. The, the grand entirely tasting. the entire week starts yep. tomorrow. I think the 18th. Um, and goes through the 23rd. So we strongly recommend that you check out if there are any tickets available for some of yep. the um, specific evening-focused events um, that are paired with, like, restaurants and dinners. dinners. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. CharlotteWineAndFood.org has all of the information for you. Yeah. So if there's anything of interest there, be sure to check it out. It's all for an amazing cause. Yep. They have four different charity partners that um, they're working with that all benefit children and families mm-hmm. that are underserved in the community so yeah get out there and we will be at the grand tasting yes. on saturday april 22nd 2023 so please come out and say hi if you see come us say hi. we're gonna be eating and drinking our way through there and saying hi to all of our friends so we'd love to see you yeah come up and say hello yeah well, let's take a quick break and then i want to come back and talk to you about a little family food challenge I that we a had family food challenge yeah. all, right, all right we shall return We're back. We're back. Connection. Talking about some desserts. Not always. Well, that's true, I guess. So that's fair. Actually, I think most of it wasn't. Really? To be fair, I think it was more savory than sweet. All right. Let me give you some background here. March has come and gone, but on March 14th, what Mm -hmm. is that date? Mm, Pi day. 3.14. Pi day. 3.14. So I thought to myself, you know what could be fun? Mm. A little Pi day food challenge. I like it. You were busy. You were doing stuff. So I thought, I'm not going to bother Jen with this this time around. <laughs> I was also very late in the game when I decided this. It was like two days before Pi day. I don't think I technically got an invite. But you know, if you, need, if you need to say that, All right. This fine. is what I've decided. I've coped. I'm, this is my coping mechanism now. Um, but I, I reached Did out to Did you hear my, that, family? Y'all are second choice. That's right. Uh-huh. Um, but I reached out to the fam and I was like, what is everybody doing this weekend? Nobody was doing much. Hey, guys, do you want to just do like a food challenge? Do you want to do some yeah. Pi Day stuff? And they said, yeah, let's do it. We're into it. So we all picked some kind of pie mm-hmm. and created it. And we all don't live together. So we didn't get to taste them. So it's kind of a virtual challenge, yeah. distance. But it was really cool because everybody called in and left us a voicemail Aww. to share about their experience. So do you want me to go first about mine? Yeah. I didn't do a voicemail, wait, so I'll wait, do mine wait. first. Wait, wait, wait. Was there like a dubbed winner? No, because okay. none of us could taste them. So every, I'll, I'll tell you, though, that the voicemails will indicate there were some losers. Okay. So there were no winners, but there were some losers. Um, but yeah. Sounds so familiar. Yeah. So I was thinking about, like, what did I want to do? I wanted to try something new with the pastry. Obviously, if you watch things like the Great British Baking Show, oh, you know there's... Yes, and we do. There are so many kinds of pastry, right? There's hot water crust pastry. There's short crust pastry. There's puff pastry. There's a lot out there. There's a rough puff. There's a rough puff. Um, so what was I going to do? I wanted to do something savory. 
Um, I wanted to do kind of a hand pie style takeaway because I thought, well, I'm not going to eat all these by myself, so I can just throw some in the freezer yeah. maybe. And so the idea of um, chicken, leek, and prosciutto uh, sounded really good to me. And I actually found that there was a Great British Baking Show episode. You may remember Chiggs. He I was do fantastic. And he made something like this. And so the recipe's on the Great British Baking Show website. So I used that and it had a short crust pastry. Mm-hmm. So I love a buttery, crumbly short oh, yes. crust. And I've never made one from scratch. So that is what I decided to do. It all worked out well, and the food was delicious. There was tarragon and thyme in there. Did you have a soggy bottom? I had no soggy bottoms whatsoever. I was super, I literally got it out, and I did a little scrape on the bottom with a knife, and I was like, that's not a soggy bottom, Mary. That's a good bottom, that. That's a good one. So, had a fantastic time. Boy, I really got to work on my my, uh, English accent. It is not good. It is not good. Maybe I will say this. I have been cooking with leeks much more yeah. lately than I ever have or have had any reason to. And I am a huge fan. I love a good leek. I tried to recreate, I know I'm off topic here, but um, at Barcelona Wine Bar, they have a creamed leeks uh, side dish. Yum. And it, it side dish, listen to me, tapa. Tapa? Let me get the colloquialism right. The individual um, serving is a tapa. It is a tapa. Uh, and I recreated it at home and it, it was just as good. Gotta yeah, say. fantastic. It's just cream. When and will you make goodness. that for me? Uh, anytime. Great. Anytime. I'll take that in 30 minutes. All right, so it sounded like you did a, yeah, a great job. I think I did Savory great. Pie. I okay. enjoyed that for days. Um, delicious. It was a perfect little takeaway. Okay. Um, and so now I want to share what my mom made. Okay, mom. All right, she did another savory one, so we're going to play this for you. Hi, this is Mary Kay, and I'm calling about what I made on Pie Day. And this year I made a family favorite chicken pot pie. And although it uses very simple and inexpensive ingredients, um, I make it so that it's a little bit more elevated by two simple things. Number one, I get a rotisserie chicken from the store famous for their rotisserie chicken. I wonder which one. And as soon as I get it home, I take off all the skin and uh, save that aside. And then uh, chop up the two and a half cups of uh, white chicken meat that I will be using in the pie. And when I do make the pie, I take all that skin and I put three or four cups of water on the stove to boil and I add all the skin in there so it makes my own chicken broth. It's not the low-fat version you can buy in a carton somewhere, but boy, it sure is delicious. And the other thing that I do is uh, I make a homemade pie crust. You can use your favorite recipe, but if you make a chicken pot pie with uh, rotisserie chicken and a bag of uh, mixed vegetables from Birdseye or green giant steamers, whatever. Not sponsored. You will find that it is a wonderful, uh, delicious treat. And I've had many compliments from people who have received that pie as a gift um, when they needed a, a meal from a friend. So I hope you enjoy Pie Day as much as we do. Thanks. Love a class of chicken pot pie. Yeah, she talks about it like a family favorite, but I have no recollection for ever making this for me as a child. Oh, <laughs> you hear that, Mary? Mom. Step it up. Yeah. Uh, how about this? I absolutely adore that she made her own stock. Me too. Because that is a game changer. Absolutely. And I love that she says she's making her own stock, which itself sounds like a really big lift, but she did it in a really really simple way. And she still used like the the pre-made chicken. Yeah. So great. Absolutely. Go for it. Absolutely. No qualms with using those sort of store-bought ingredient especially yeah. they're just good I exactly mean, five dollar rotisserie chicken at com is it um there's a reason why they sell that thing and you know what i want to try what? i want to do it with like a viva chicken 
Peruvian rotisserie. I think Ooh, that would be really good. That could be amazing. We could do that. Yep. What if it was like that plus like wild rice? Oh, yeah. In the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's a, a casserole from Better Homes and Gardens, I believe, the cookbook, uh, that it's um, a curried chicken and wild rice casserole. And I grew up on that. Yeah. Every time I make it now, I do the same thing that your mom was saying is elevate it in a little bit of, of a way. So I don't use any sort of like canned cream of any of that nonsense. I'll make all my own stuff. Um, but then I like basically triple the amount of curry powder. Heck yeah. <laughs> I think it was like a teaspoon. Oh, not, not now. You can't taste that. No. no. So yeah, well done. Bringing the A game, mom. All Appreciate right. it. Yes. So let's listen to, um, those are some of the highlights. So mine and my mom's were very good, clearly. Um, let's listen to some of the uh, opportunities for improvement, That's as we so call it diplomatic. in corporate America. <laughs> um, so this is my sister and my brother-in-law. So Megan and Kyle. Hi, Jen and Abby. This is Kyle and Megan. Opposites, though. And we will be answering the Great High Day Challenge. <laughs> yep. So uh, our family decided to have a little challenge, and we decided to make our contributions of various gluten-free um, oh. yeah. delectable treats. Well, you say delectable. But they didn't turn out that way. <laughs> oh, no. I am officially not gluten-free anymore because it was so bad. <laughs> anyway, that was a preview. Um, I ended sorry. up making a sweet potato pie because I've just been craving that. Love it. And Kyle, what did you make? So, yeah, due to some dietary restrictions, the gluten-free, and I also went with a veggie-type pie. So I went with a veggie pot pie. Mm. Yep, and both of them were absolutely disgusting. <laughs> well, you know, God bless speak to yourself. My veggie filling's actually pretty good. It's just the crust that was terrible. Yeah. Oh my God. Never again with the frozen gluten-free pre-made crust. Never again. Even the fresh gluten-free crust that I made from scratch was horrible. <laughs> yeah. The conclusion that we're just going to make here is that gluten-free is not worth it unless you are medically incapable of digesting it. Here, here. Oh, a good conclusion. Thank you. All right. Now. All right. So first impression is, why don't they have their own podcast? Because they're I mean, adorable. That's, pretty, that's fantastic. Um, also, what do we think that pie crust was made out of? Because I wonder, is there not enough salt? Like, what was going on there? pie crust is basically two things. Some sort of Starch. flour. Some sort of liquid to bind everything together and butter. Yeah. Right? So Ooh, yeah. butter is gluten-free. So in an egg would be gluten-free, sure. right? So that's a binder. So like what other, what starch were they using? Was it potato starch? Was it rice flour? Was, was it, it almond flour? What could it have been to cause then, it to be so You know, bad? they make pretty believable gluten-free like baking flours these days. Maybe, so I wonder if yeah. they had tried to make one from scratch. Well, they made one from scratch and they bought one pre-made. Oh, they did. Okay, And got apparently it, got both it. were terrible. Both were gross. So got it. that is interesting. Good to know. Ah, maybe next time just like buy a cauliflower crust for a pizza and then just fill it with your filling. You're getting made out I'm, right your now. Your dog is into <laughs> me right now. <laughs> All right, so we have one more? We have one more. And so this I'm is... I'm starting to get hungry. This I know, is a I'm sorry. This is what we do, though. This I don't really like sweet works. potato pie, though. Well, the next one you're going to really like, this is my stepmom okay. and my little sister. We are here to call in about pie day. Pie day. We did a food challenge with our family. Yeah. <laughs> so actually I did all the cooking Amelia and Jeff did all the eating I, I just kind of watched and <laughs> ate everything <laughs> so I can run you through what we did what I did 
and then Amelia can give you her opinion on how it tasted. Okay. I chose hand pies. Yeah. Yeah, because that's my thing, right? I like individual foods, mainly because my family doesn't eat very much. <laughs> They're like little birds that nibble, and so if I make a recipe that's for six people, two of the servings get eaten and four get frozen. <laughs> so hand pies seem like the way to go for us. So previously, we've tried hand pies. We did a Lebanese recipe, like a meat pie with potato and cheese on the inside. And I had tried it with a couple of different doughs. And I couldn't remember which one we really liked and which one worked the best. So I decided for this, I was going to test kitchen pie doughs. What works best for hand pies? Is it a bread dough? Is it a pastry dough? Is it a biscuit dough? And then we were going to make all three and decide which one held up the best as a hand pie. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So when doing some research for my test kitchen, I ran across some hand pie recipes and found a curried chicken hand pie. Oh, yes. And I was like, okay, test kitchen interrupted. We're doing this. <laughs> well, this recipe I found was from a chef that's on the Magnolia Network that I really enjoy watching. She makes a lot of breads and makes a lot of pastries. Uh, she goes around and she talks to a lot of chefs and I've learned a lot from her. So I thought, okay, here's a perfect opportunity for me to make one of her recipes. And it included a dough, so I didn't have to test kitchen that dough. Um, this recipe ended up using a hot water dough and in it was turmeric and cayenne. So sounded super interesting. Like, is it going to be too hot? Is it going to be too weird? Is it going to be too yellow? What's going to happen with this hand pie? <laughs> um, so I was looking at the ingredients list for the filling. It's just your typical chicken and pea and curry paste. So curry paste. Okay. I looked in my pantry. I had red curry paste. I had green curry paste opened each one, smelled each one, tasted each one, neither one seemed right. So we decided let's do a yellow curry paste. Well, I had yellow curry powder, but not paste. So next step, go online, look for a recipe, how to make yellow curry paste. And I had most of those ingredients as well. I was missing a few things like lemongrass and cilantro, but I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to omit those things and we're just going to go for it and see how it works. So there you go. A few minutes later and some food processing and some roasting of shallots and garlics and Thai chilies, all things, all things. And then we had our yellow curry paste. So it was just a matter of putting the recipe together and making our filling. So the dough came together, the filling came together, and then it was time to roll these little hand pies out, fill them, and bake them. So uh, the experience with rolling out the hand dough was a little weird for me because it kind of was like grab a golf ball size and then roll it out and then fill it and then pull it over and crimp it. Well, I don't know if you've ever tried to roll out a golf ball size dough into a perfect circle that makes a hand pie, but it didn't work out very well for me. So they were more very homemade rustic hand pies. They somehow made it better. They made it better. But oh, yeah. they looked okay. 
they looked oh, they yeah. looked edible. They looked gorgeous. Yeah, so we folded them up, egg washed them, and baked them, and then it was time to try out these lovely hand pies. And Amelia, what was your what was your thought? Oh boy, it was so good. The turmeric and curry paste somehow didn't stain my mouth when I ate it, so very thankful for that. But it did stain everything else, so be um, warned. <laughs> yes, yeah, so note to anyone who might be interested in making hand pies using turmeric and cayenne, might want to wear gloves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my fingernails were yellow for about three days following this challenge. They still are. <laughs> they still might be. <laughs> um, but the crust, oh, my gosh, the dough was so flaky and golden and buttery, and it contrasted really well. You know, it didn't have a lot of flavor, but... There was a little spice from the, there was a the cayenne, spice, yeah, right, on its own. Because the curry and the filling was so flavorful, it really contrasted well with the flaky, buttery dough that was wrapped around it. And it really just kind of got everything in every bite. So there was filling, there was dough, there was just everything you need in a hand pie in every single bite, and I think it was totally worth it. Yeah, and I will say that a few of us tried the filling without the, the dough and thought, whoa. That's so salty. That's so salty. That's so strong. That's going to be too much. And then when it was put together properly, it it actually tasted delicious. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So challenge accepted. Challenge succeeded. Yellow fingernails fading a little bit. (laughs) And we can't wait to do the next one. Oh, yeah. And the next time you're going to help me more than just eat, right? I don't know about that. No, you need to. No. You like doing these things. True. All right. Until next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh. Wow. Maybe wondering yeah. where is Elise in all of this? Yeah. She gets a free pass because of Cardamom Quest. Okay. I decided it. that it's not fair to like make her go on, you know, she has, she gets a pass. So she didn't want to participate. Totally fine. That's fair. That's fair. She's done like three times more of the stuff than anyone else. So it's it good. sounds like there was a missed opportunity to make a pie with cardamom in <laughs> That's it. what I was her thinking. Final entry, yes. But I think she has had some PTSD from this experience. So yeah. um totally give her a pass. It sounds like all of the entries were thoroughly thought out yeah. and attempted yeah some less than successful Sorry. ones but it sounds like in general you know everybody did their absolute best and and you know brought their aching yeah so. I think it was a little surprising how many savory pies we went yeah. for I think maybe because this is that weird time of year when like you're kind of mm. over pie from Christmas and Thanksgiving That's maybe but like I'm, I'm all and about it's a good not pie. quite like springtime in season yeah. fruit stuff you know that kind yeah. of deal so Makes sense. Uh, I want to try all of those pies Absolutely. specifically. Do you have any left in the freezer? No. Damn. I did eat them. I'm sorry. You I will make them for you, however. Please do. Well, you, if you will make me that amazing cream like, leeks, creamed leeks oh, yeah. then deal. Cool. Done. Why don't we stuff the cream leeks into the pie oh. crust? Done. Okay. Great. Sold. Done. Let's do that in the hand pie crust. In the hand pie. That Heather and Amelia yeah. made. Yes, Great. yes. Love that. Nom. Good job, everyone. Impressive. Super proud of well my done, fam. fam. Thanks, team. Cool. Well, this has been super fun. I'm yeah, starving. I am too. I'm going to go find some pie, I yeah, think, yeah. Um, to just scratch that itch. Yep. But in the meantime, um, hope we see everybody this weekend at Charlotte Wine and Food Week. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. Come out and support. Hopefully we'll see you there. Yeah. All right. For this here batch, my name is Jin. My name's Abby. And this has been Amused Bush. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com dot com.